Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Wednesday. It's the 27th of December. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Grant Gerlach. Two and a half weeks out from the Iowa caucuses, GOP voters who are backing former President Donald Trump appear to be set with their decision. That's according to Iowa State University political science professor David Peterson, who's manager of the ISU civics poll. Earlier this month, that poll found Trump's support among likely Iowa caucus goers had grown to 54 percent. And the people who support Donald Trump are loyal. When you ask them about the indictments that President Trump is facing, they will say he's done nothing wrong. Um, And over and over again, question after question that we ask, these folks, the supporters of Donald Trump, deeply believe him and are deeply committed to him. Peter Hansen, director of the Grinnell College National Poll, agrees. He says he hasn't seen any evidence that appeals from any other Republican figure will shake voters who are loyal to Trump. Hansen and Peterson made their comments during a recent episode of Iowa Press on Iowa PBS. The Sioux City Community School District plans to make cuts in the new year to cover the loss of COVID-19 relief money. IPR's Sheila Brummer explains. Sioux City Public Schools received more than $59 million in elementary and secondary school emergency relief funds, or ESSER, funding. This included more than $7.5 million for extra staff members in the year that ends June 30th. Administrators are proposing ways to save money, including eliminating 65 staff positions, teachers excluded. Board President Jan George says districts across the state will likely face similar decisions. you got to scrutinize what do you keep, you know, how do you restructure to keep all the positive things we've done with it. George expects the board to finalize a restructuring plan after the new year. The Iowa Department of Education says Iowa received almost $1.2 billion in three rounds of ESSER funding. Crop prices for corn, soybeans, and wheat will be lower next year. That's according to projections from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. But those lower prices won't necessarily mean cheaper groceries, at least not right away. Bob Moltzberger is a senior economist with the Food and Agriculture Policy Research Institute at the University of Missouri. The U.S. production will be strong enough that will help put pressure on commodity prices and keep at least the food inflation in check next year. Moltzberger says that's assuming a somewhat normal year for farmers, especially when it comes to weather. The USDA also says inflation will slow next year and interest rates will come down. As Iowa moves further into respiratory virus season, experts are warning Iowans to stay vigilant about protecting their health. IPR's Natalie Krebs reports. COVID-19 and flu hospitalizations have been increasing as Iowa moves further into the winter months. Karen Brust is a hospital epidemiologist at the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics. She says early data indicates flu rates are on par with historic numbers, and RSV infections may have peaked earlier this year. Last year, that was, um, you know, something that was unpredictable for us. And because we had that experience last year, we started tracking numbers in September this year just to make sure that we stayed ahead of any sort of rises. Bruss says it's important that Iowans get vaccinated against RSV, the flu, and COVID if they're able, and stay home when they're sick to prevent the spread of illness. The West Des Moines Historical Society is nearly halfway toward its goal to raise half a million dollars to preserve one of the oldest structures in Polk County. 
The Des Moines Register reports the group is raising money for upkeep of a one-room schoolhouse called the Bennett School Museum, as well as the Jordan House, which is recognized as a stop on the Underground Railroad. The fundraiser started in August. The Historical Society hopes to raise funds to support maintenance and educational programs. This is Here First. Support for IPR comes from the Healing Room at Upstream Functional Medicine offering medical spa services that support the body's natural ability to detoxify from environmental challenges. Learn more about The Healing Room at upstreamfm.com. Many nursing homes are facing chronic staffing shortages. This could lead to inadequate care and dangerous environments for seniors. The Biden administration has proposed a new set of staffing requirements in an attempt to address the shortage. But some say the new proposal could cause more harm than good for already struggling facilities. IPR's Natalie Krebs reports. It's noon at the Prairie View Skilled Nursing Home in Sanborn. Dozens of residents are in the cafeteria. They dig into their tater tot casseroles and vegetable beef stew. So they get a pick between like three salads, two main meals, three desserts, whatever they want to drink, and uh, it's always good. That's Wendy Nelson. She's been the administrator at this rural nursing home in western Iowa for nearly two decades. It's noisy in the cafeteria. But this changes quickly as Nelson leads me to the end of one of the halls to a unit behind a locked door. Uh, So this is kind of sad. We're walking here. But totally empty. This is, or was, Prairie View's memory care unit. It closed in 2022 due to staffing issues. We were kind of in a situation where we had uh, eight residents out of 16. And again, you have to have a nurse for the whole 24 hours. You have to have at least one to two aides for the whole 24 hours. Nelson says staffing shortages have gotten much worse since the pandemic, when she lost many staff members due to burnout. The nursing home is only at 60% capacity. In March of 2020, Prairie View was nearly full. Nelson says she's not getting applicants, even though she significantly bumped up pay for all positions, from nursing to housekeeping. You're able to go to Casey's, um, you know, and get paid pretty good nowadays, or McDonald's. This summer, more than half of nursing homes reported turning away prospective residents due to labor issues, according to a survey from the American Healthcare Association. But chronic staffing issues affect more than bed space. When they're understaffed, residents are more likely to receive poor care at nursing homes. The Biden administration proposed setting a minimum staffing level for nursing homes in September. They include having at least one registered nurse on site at all times and having a mandatory minimum amount of time employees spend with each resident daily. Labor unions representing nursing home workers and senior care organizations support the new rules. They say it will make nursing homes safer. Brad Anderson is the executive director of AARP Iowa. We have seen time and time again nursing homes that don't have adequate staffing uh, lead to serious problems when it comes to resident care. Not everyone feels the same way. Last month, a group of Republican governors, including those in Iowa, Nebraska, Missouri, and Indiana, sent a letter to the Biden administration. They urged it to reconsider its mandatory staffing proposal. They said they fear it could force more facilities to close. 
The American Healthcare Association, which represents nursing homes, estimates the rules will ultimately require facilities nationwide to hire more than 100,000 full-time workers who don't exist. Uh, a mandate is not going to create another single worker. Brent Willett is the president and CEO of the Iowa Healthcare Association. He says lawmakers should instead focus on policies to help increase the workforce. We should be talking about legal immigration reform. We should be talking about tax credits for healthcare workers um, and other strategies to, to find ways to fund apprenticeship programs. But some nursing home workers say they'd like to see the requirements in place. They would also like to see nursing homes held more accountable for staff safety. Unless it's forced, it will not happen. Savannah Hintz is a registered nurse who worked in Iowa nursing homes for a decade. Hintz left because she felt the for-profit facilities where she worked prioritized her bottom line over patient care and worker safety. They're dealing with people who have dementia or strokes. These are, these are adults who are physically strong, and the training isn't there. You know, the, instead of these, these companies investing in dementia training, they are just putting it elsewhere. Hintz says she'd like to see policymakers make sure nursing home workers get the support they need. I'm Natalie Krebs, IPR News. This story was produced in partnership with Side Effects Public Media, a regional health reporting collaboration of NPR member stations across the Midwest, including IPR. I'm Grant Gerlock of IPR News. Be sure to subscribe to Hear First wherever you get your podcasts.